0: Let me encourage you to take your copy of God's Word, if you will, and turn to 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2. I echo what John Eugent said earlier about this being one of my favorite Sundays. I, I love Send Sunday. Now, I always try to make sure that I enunciate that D on the end. Because this week I was out visiting some people at all and they said, hey, you know, our child's kind of mixed up about this. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, they're mixed up about Sunday. And I said, well, now we meet at Sunday school, Bible study at 10 and worship service at 11. They said, no, no, no. It's not about the schedule. It's about what we're going to be doing that day. Well, I said, you know, we're recognizing our high school seniors. We've got our college uh, summer missionaries we're going to recognize. We're going to do some licensing. I mean, it's going to be a great day. And they said, no, 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 no. Pastor, you're missing the point. And I said, what am am I missing? They said, well, our child has heard it called sin, S-I-N, sin Sunday. And they're concerned about what we're going to do when we come together that Sunday, what kind of sinning that we are going to do. Well, I'll be honest. There are a lot of sinners that show up here on Sunday, right? I'm one of them. We all kind of come together. So every Sunday, certainly there are a lot of sinners in this place. But when I try to refer to it, I always try to enunciate that D on the end because it is send Sunday. It is the idea that we come together as God's people to send out that we should be a sending force for the kingdom of God. And again, as John said earlier, and we talk about this a lot, Temple Baptist Church should not be known for its seating capacity. We don't want to be known because we can seat so many people. We want to be known so that, that we send people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we should be known for. We should be known for the missionary power that God gives us to send people out. And that's what we're doing today as we come to this place of sending out our high school seniors, of sending out our college missionaries in the summer, as we recognize others, even this day, that will take the gospel to other places. We want this to be that type of Sunday where we emphasize God's mission and God's work within us to accomplish that mission. And as I share that today, I want to share with you a final challenge. Here in 1 Kings chapter 2, we look at David's challenge to his son Solomon. Now, again, some of you are just coming in. I know some of you are visiting from other churches. That's great. That's wonderful. I'm proud that you are here with us today. You probably don't realize, but we've been studying the life of David since January. And today, we punctuate that life. We really punctuate the end of his life today. And you hear it, I think, recorded for us here in 1 Kings chapter 2. And this final challenge that David gives to Solomon is a great challenge for us and a great challenge for you all as students as well as we come to this place. So listen to the way it's recorded for us. It says, verse 1, Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore. Prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, "You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel." So here he is, David looking at his son, the one that 's going to carry the torch, the one that 's going to carry on the kingdom, the one that's going to rule in his steed. and what does David say? David says, "First of all, Solomon, I want you to be courageous. I want you to be courageous now." Throughout the Scripture, we are reminded that we as Christians ought to have a courage about us, a boldness about us. But here specifically, David is trying to communicate courage to his son. Why? Because his son is about to experience one of the greatest transitions that he had ever known in his life. One yes, his dad was about to pass off the scene. His dad was leaving him. So that's going to be a transition. And and we we could talk about that today and we could focus there. But I, I really want you to look at what a transition it's going to be also in the kingdom. Specifically, as Solomon faces what the days will give ahead. David is passing off the scene. That means his reign is coming to an end. For 40 years, get this. For 40 years, David had been the king of Israel. For 40 years, the the nation had come together under the leadership of David. David is like 70 years old now. And he has fought battles. He's given leadership to the nation. I mean, this is the end of an era. It's not just the end of a life. It is the end of an era. Can you imagine what those... 40 years must have been like, and how it had grown into stability under King David. 40 years, that, that's kind of a long time, isn't it? Don't you think so? I give you a secret, visitors that are here, if you amen or speak to me, the sermon goes much faster, okay? I'll tell our people that, but they love to just keep hearing me preach and preach and preach, because they never say a word. But those of you who are visiting with us, if you amen me, we'll get out of here quicker, Okay? there it is (laughs) right there on cue on cue 40 years that season of time that is a long time I I was going to ask how many of you for example in here are under 40 years of age wow that's that's a good number in here I'm right I mean I'm 40 so I'm right on the I'm gonna raise my hand too all right 40 or (laughs) younger 40 years, I mean, that's a long time in a season of life, and it is, especially even in the nation. Think about that. If you were to go back in our nation 40 years, that would be 1978. I went and kind of looked it up, and I mean, basically, (laughs) at that point, we had a peanut farmer, a southern governor in the Oval Office as president. 40 years ago. I mean, think about that. Think of all the things that have happened in that time frame. For those of you, who have lived 40, I mean, think about that. All the things that have happened. How many times have you been to Disney World in those 40 years? That's a great thing, huh? We were kind of figuring that out. I'm about to go again. Did you know that? That's awesome. 40 years. How many transitions? How many schools have you been to? Grades have you been to? tests you've taken, uh, jobs that you've worked in. I mean, 40 years. So for 40 years, the nation has known David. It's been King David. King David. They had only gone through a transition in their nation one other time. They would only had two kings, remember? Saul and then David. And that last transition, most people probably didn't even... Think about or remember it had been 40 years ago, but that transition had not gone well. And now here are all these uncertainties and all these questions that surround the transition that's coming up in the nation. And David looks at his son and he says, Son, be courageous. Don't fear. Trust in the Lord, seek Him, be courageous. And I just want you to hear that today, wherever you are in your life, because a lot of people in this room today are in the midst of transitions, maybe from high school to college or the workplace. It may be from college, you're about to graduate, or it may be that you're going to have a transition this summer and you're going to go to different places. For those of us in this room, adults, we know that there are a lot of transitions in life. For us as a church, if you read my tidings article, amen, Amen. say it one way or the other, right? Just speed it up. We're in a transition in the church life right now in many different ways. For those of us in transition today, we need to hear the words once again of King David as he looked at Solomon and he said, Be courageous, don't fear, be strong. I know there are uncertainties and I know there are questions in your life, but be courageous as you go forward in the scripture. It has been noted that there are 365 times or so that it says, do not fear 365 times. That's like a do not fear every day of the year for you, right? That there's a do not fear there. What's coming your way? How about my finances? How will the workplace look? How am I going to transition through this? How am I going to give leadership? Do not fear. Be of good courage. Because God continues His plan. God will continue to work even through the midst of transition. For David specifically, as he's looking at Solomon... I think what God is going to remind Solomon is that when a man of God dies, nothing of God dies. In other words, when David is going to pass off the scene, that doesn't mean that God has stopped working. It means that God is just, he is working through the transition itself and he is going to do something to fulfill his plan in the life of Solomon. God continues even in the midst of transition. And gives us, he gives us opportunities to make a difference. I do love this because he said, hey, Solomon, now it's your time. Don't fear. Be strong. Be courageous. And Solomon, you prove yourself a man. This is your opportunity. God is giving you livelihood. God is giving you a role. Now is your moment. For you to seize the opportunity that I have given to you. Think of us here this morning. I mean, we've come for sin Sunday and certainly we've recognized our high school seniors and what opportunities you're going to have. I believe that. I said that a moment ago and that's not just ministerial speaking. It's not just a pastor talking about pie in the sky stuff. I believe God is going to give you some great opportunities. He has a plan for you. Maybe an opportunity on the Tech campus, the Delta State Community College campus, maybe at L.C., maybe in Arkansas, maybe at West Point. And no doubt you're going to have a lot of witnessing opportunities at LSU in Baton Rouge. But (laughs) it's going to give you some opportunities. Prove yourself to be the believer that God has called you to be. Don't fear the transition, but prove yourself. Demonstrate who you are. Demonstrate whose you are when you're in that place. For those of you who are going to be serving, oh, by the way, if you're serving on summer missions in some capacity, maybe you're a camp counselor in Shreveport. You're an intern here. Maybe you're going to be on a sin team in Calgary or West Palm or Chicago. or you going overseas these days if you're going to do that this summer would you just stand up just a minute just go ahead and stand up there may be some across the campus i think most of us are here that's awesome i like i like to do this because i want you to see the different ones that are proving themselves to be the men and women god's called them to be i love to do that on this sunday Because there's an example to you and what God can do. And what we do is pray for you as God uses you in so many different ways. What I want you to know is that God has this opportunity planned. You are to step up. Don't fear. Be courageous and prove yourself to be the man or the woman God's called you to be. Let me just say this quickly. Be courageous. Be committed. Be committed. Do you hear this? He said, keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do. And wherever you turn, it says, be committed, be committed. There's a parallel text in first Chronicles chapter 28 or so. It's some of the last words I think expanded as well to Solomon and he basically says to, to David or David says to Solomon, that is, know God, know him, be committed to him, serve him, just knowing some of the greatest growth days of my life were in college. When I say some of the greatest growth days, certainly as I sat through classroom instruction and academics and all that, but some of those opportunities that I had to get to spend with God and spend with other brothers and sisters with God to help me to grow spiritually. I believe and always ask God to give those who are in college to give them an opportunity to make good grades, to make good friends. And to come out of college with a robust spiritual life before Jesus Christ. That's the prayer that I always offer. Those three things. God, would you help them? Make good grades, it's important. Have good friends, make some good friends. But would you give them a spiritually robust life when they come out? That they have sought you and they are prepared even for what is to come. Commit yourself to the Lord, know God. Follow him. Commit yourself to the Lord's word. That's what he says here. He says, you know what you've heard and what I've taught you and what you've seen? The words of Moses, as you go back to look at the laws and the commandments and the statutes. In other words, commit yourself to the word. And I want to encourage you to commit yourself to the word. Because you're going to go into some areas and they're going to kind of question the word. And they're going to question the authenticity and the reliability of what God has said to you. You listen, and then you get back in the Word, and you trust it, and you follow it for your life because you want to commit yourself to the Lord's commandments, to the Lord's commandments. I'm not talking about the ceremonial commandments of the Old Testament. Those things have been done away with. Thanks be to God through Jesus. We don't have to offer any more sacrifices. He was the sacrifice once and for all. He is sufficient, so I don't have to go and have to follow through with all the ceremonies of the Old Testament. I don't have to even follow the civil, the civil laws of the Old Testament because we're not in the same kind of context that Israel's in. It gives us good instruction, but it's not quite the same. But when you look at the Old and the New Testament and you see the moral law that is placed there before, you know that there is nothing about the moral law that changes because there's nothing about God that changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can follow his word. Commit yourself. Folks, there are going to be so many opportunities to kind of go in a different direction. Commit yourself to the holiness and the righteousness of God in your life. And listen, you're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. When we do, commit ourselves to go back before him and say, God, I'm sorry. Don't continue down that road, but follow him. Commit yourself to the Lord's commandments. Commit yourself to the Lord. Hey, what are we doing today? We're committing ourselves to his commandment, to his commands. Remember what Jesus said? Uh, New Testament, last words basically of Jesus. Well, he gave us the great commission. (coughs) Excuse me. The great commission says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a command of the Lord Jesus. Before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave us our marching orders. You want to, just as David said, follow the commands? Today, we are to follow the commands. And this commandment is to take Jesus with us wherever we are and make disciples of all nations. And again, those last words right before he ascended into heaven. Remember what he said to those disciples as they stood there? I mean, they were standing there like, what is going on? And this is what Jesus said. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So David's only got a moment to see Solomon. He knows his life is passing. What does he say? He says, be courageous and be committed. It's important what you say at the end. It's important the last words. What does Jesus say at the end before he goes back? I mean, it's one final statement, a parting shot. What does he say? You're going to receive some power from the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're going to receive a boldness like you've never had before, a power in your life that you have never experienced. And when you go, you will be my witnesses. Right here in Jerusalem, in the very place they crucified me, where people were hostile toward me. Yes, you're going to be right here in the place of persecution. And then you're going to go into Judea, and then you're going to go into Samaria, and then you're going to go to the end of the earth. And how grateful should we be? I'm not telling you Rustin is the end of the earth. Maybe Dubak is, but not Rustin. But how blessed should we be that they took those orders and they decided they would be faithful to the commandments? And they came and they preached and they shared. Otherwise, you and I would not be sitting in this context today. There would be no Temple Baptist Church. There would be no Christ followers in Ruston, Louisiana. And I say to you, there are going to be people that are dependent upon your witness to them where you go. They need to know. Be committed. And be celebrative. Celebrate it as you go, because this is what (laughs) David said. He said, hey, you commit yourself to the Lord, that you may prosper in all that you do and whatever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. David said, you remember what God said? God promised us something. God promised us something. God promised that he would be with our family. That he would fulfill his purpose for us if we would follow him. You ought to go expecting that God's going to fulfill his promise. You need to do your part and just expect to know that God's doing his part. So I want you to hear this when you go. And yes, there opportunity. Celebrate it. Say, hey, I, I believe this is what God is doing in my life. And I believe God always keeps his promise. Hey, when you go out and you're witnessing to people and you think to yourself, how am I going to do this? And yeah, it happens. I remember the day when I went to Salt Lake city and I was doing door to door evangelism and I knocked on the door, the very first one. And I prayed, God, please don't let anybody be at home. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. That's what I was praying. Scared to death this little North Mississippi boy was. But the door opened. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will give you what you need at the moment because that's the promise, right? He'll fulfill His promise. David said, you can celebrate because God's going to fulfill His promise. When you go from here, you need to know that God will fulfill His promise and His plan for you and who you are. Be courageous. Be courageous be committed, be celebrative as you take the message of Christ to every context and sphere of influence that you have. Follow him and know him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these opportunities, these connections. Lord that we have with one another but more importantly that you give us with the world itself as we're able to take your gospel your word God once again I pray for these who are seniors in high school that are graduating Lord I pray that you would just work within their lives that you would do something new and wonderful and that through these next few years you would grow them just exponentially before you For these who are students, college students, Father, I pray that you would, I pray you just empower them. Allow them to know the authority of the Holy Spirit in their life. as They speak as they teach, as they serve in whatever manner before you. And God, help us as a church. Because this is not just a message to these. It's a message to all that we are courageous and committed and celebrative as we go about your business. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for these moments that we've had. In Jesus' name, amen.